Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Brilliant. Well, as you, uh, as you well know now, my name's Chris. I'm part of the staff here at Life Community Church. And I've got to say, it is a huge privilege to actually be able to speak to you today, to, to be able to take part in this series these beautiful attitudes. And I've got to say, I love the name, Dave. I don't know where you got it from. It's absolutely brilliant. Because when I'd read these before, I'd never really clicked that these were attitudes to be aspired to, attitudes that we should be inhabiting and displaying. Because let's face it, when we read it, it doesn't exactly sound that great. Uh, in a minute, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fly through them. But just as a, a quick sample, uh, blessed are those who mourn. Who here likes to mourn? No, no, didn't think so. Blessed are those who are, blessed who, those who are persecuted. Who likes to be persecuted? No, no, me either. It doesn't sound like those sort of attitudes that you want to aspire to. But actually, as we've been reading it, as we've been learning, God's been revealing more and more to me about these. And it's been fantastic. So, yeah, it's a real privilege to be able to take part in this. So, let's just have a quick recap. I'm just going to... Let's just read... The, uh, the passages that we've been looking at so far. So if you've got a Bible with you, why don't you turn to Matthew chapter 5. Now I'm going to start a little bit sooner than uh, chapter 5 because uh, I like what it says beforehand. But, uh, so I'm going to start with Matthew chapter 4, 23. But if you've got a Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 5. You'll find it just near enough there. It says, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all the sick, those who were afflicted with various diseases, pains, demoniacs, epileptics, and paralytics, and he cured them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and far beyond the Jordan. Now, I've added that little bit on there just to give you a bit of framework as to where we're going. So now in verse five, chapter 5, where it picks up, we now know that actually wherever Jesus goes, loads of people are following him. Great crowds are following him. And it says, when Jesus saw these crowds, he went up the mountain and he sat down. His disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Fantastic. So we've just had a bit of a recap, and as we've been going through that, you've probably been checking off in your mind now which, one, which of those we've got through so far and which one I must be talking about today. So without further ado, can we have a drum roll, Tim? 
<laughs> Thank you very much. I am going to be talking on blessed are those who are pure in heart, for they will see God. I'm being told the projector's not working, so we'll go on without that. That's not a problem. No worries at all. So as I was reading those out, did anything stand out to you at all? Anything at all? Any similarities? Any differences? Let's have a few hands up. I want a bit of feedback from you guys. I don't want to be the only one talking today. Anything stand out to anyone at all? Perfect. Got it in one, Richard. That's the one I wanted. Thank you very much. Absolutely. For every single one of them, you are blessed. For every single one of those attitudes, you are blessed. And it got me thinking, well, what does it mean when we're blessed? As I've already said, it doesn't feel like I'm blessed, whatever that means, when I'm persecuted, when I'm mourning, when I'm hurting. It doesn't feel like I'm blessed. So I got into a bit of a study for this. I, I got to try and find out what it means when we say blessed. And I found out it means that we find God's favor with us. God's favor is upon us when we're merciful. God's favor is upon us when we're persecuted for righteousness' sake. God's favor is upon us when we're pure in heart. And how do we know that God's favor is upon us? Because, again, it doesn't always feel like it. It hurts sometimes. It's upsetting. I don't like it. How do I know that that's what God's favor is like? Well, it all comes with evidence. Every single attitude comes with God's favor and some evidence of his favor. So, blessed are those who are pure in heart because they will see God. The evidence of God's blessing, of God's favor, is that we will see God. The evidence of God's favor when we are weak in spirit or poor in spirit, the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Sometimes when we display these attitudes, it doesn't feel like we're favored, but the evidence screams louder than the, than the feelings as I was looking at this passage, I began to just pull it apart. I began to break it down. I've already looked at one part of it, but uh, I'm going to be flying through this fairly quickly because there's so much to be said about being blessed and being pure in heart. <clears throat> so as I'm, as I'm flying through it, don't worry. If you miss something, that's fine. There's be a podcast. It'll go out live tomorrow, so you can catch up, listen again. If, you, if you're listening on podcast, then that's fine as well. But what does it mean to be pure in heart. It's important that we understand that the heart that we're talking about at this point doesn't mean the pump that's inside our chest, it's pumping blood around our body that's keeping us alive. Yes, I know it is helpful to have a healthy heart, and that is a blessing if we have a healthy heart, but that's not what Jesus is talking about here. When he talks about our heart, he means our motives, our attitudes, our desires, our thoughts, our intentions. So as we're looking at this, just remember that we're not talking about the, the heart inside of us. We're talking about the heart, the motives, okay? So can anyone tell me what this is? It's a sponge, fantastic. I was dreading someone saying a scouring pad because it's also one of them. <laughs> I couldn't find an actual sponge, so we have a, a sponge here. Okay, so now who can tell me what's going to happen if I drop it in this bucket of water? It'll get wet, it'll float. Anyone else? It'll absorb the water, absolutely. So it has began to absorb the water, as you can see. Okay, and our heart is just like a sponge. 
okay? Our heart absorbs the surroundings, much like the sponge is absorbing the water that's around it, so our heart absorbs what's around it. That's really cold water. I thought leaving it in front of the heater would warm it up, but it didn't really. When I used to work on the Pays Project, that was uh, a few years back, we used to teach this principle to, in secondary schools and in youth groups, this principle called rubbish in, rubbish out. The basic concept being what we put into our lives eventually comes out. It's outworked in our actions. And that's exactly the same with our heart. What I put into this sponge comes out. See? We're getting water. Water's coming out of it. That's because I put water into it. If this was a, a tub of mud or a tub of coffee or a tub of anything else, we'd get that come out of it as well. Exactly the same way as if we put our heart in a situation, that would come out of it, whatever it is around it. So if I'm exposing myself to upset, to anger, to disloyalty, to distrust, that's what's going to be worked out of my heart. If I expose my heart to love, to trust, to faith, then that's going to be worked out of my heart as well. Proverbs 4, verses 23, tells us that uh, above all else, we must guard our heart, because from it, everything that we do flows. Every action that we do is initiated in our heart. So how can we know what state our heart is in? It's quite simple, really. Who here has ever been in a situation where maybe you're really tired or you're stressed at work or maybe you're, you're running out of time or something like that and you react to something in a way that you weren't expecting? Yeah, there's a few hands going up. My hands, Felix has got double hands up. Uh, my, my, I could, if I could, both my hands would be up as well at this point. There's one time I was at university and I was really struggling with a few essays. I was really far behind. So if you're a university guys, do not leave essays until last minute. Really don't. It's not a good idea. But I was really stressed with this one essay. And I was helping one of my friends at the time because she was struggling with it as well. And I thought I understood it. Well, of course I must understand it. Of course I must have it right. So I, I was helping her at this time as she was writing it. And she made a joke or she made a comment, something along those lines. And I snapped. I turned around. I shouted. I got insulting to her. And suddenly I was like, whoa. Where did that come from? I had no idea what had happened. Of course, I apologized straight away. But in that split second, the quality of my heart was revealed. The contents of what I had let into my heart was revealed. And that's exactly the same with the sponge. We can see when it's got something in it, a little bit of what's inside. We can see an overflow of it. And sometimes as we're going about our day-to-day -day life, people might pick up on something. We might make a snide comment here and there, or we might be sarcastic in a malicious way. And sometimes that comes over through, people notice that, and we just see a little overflow of the contents of the heart. But if we really want to know what our heart is like, give it a squeeze. That's when we find out what our heart's like. As we put ourselves in pressure, under pressure, that's when the contents of our heart are truly revealed. In the Old Testament, there's a man called David. And he's often seen as one of the greatest men of the ancient Jewish faith. He was uh, 
the first true king, truly appointed by God after, after Solomon, who, uh, Saul, sorry, who, who, who didn't do a great job. Let's, let's just put it at that. Uh, David's even described as a man after God's own heart. What does that mean? Well, I'll come on to that in a little bit. But David wasn't perfect. I'm not perfect. I don't think anyone in this room's perfect. I love you all. Rob's saying he's perfect. I, I beg to differ. I love you all, but I don't think any of us here are perfect. Neither was David. He had slip-ups. There were times in his life where we see what was in his, in his heart, where he realized he hadn't been guarding his heart as diligently as he could have. But one thing that we also see is that every time David had slipped up, he would always return to God. He always came back. He always repented. He always said, God, I am sorry for the wrongs that I have done. He, put, he always tried to put God back in, at the top in his life. And that, I believe, is how we can guard our hearts. As I say, Proverbs 43, guard your hearts above all else, because from it all our actions flow. That's how we can guard our hearts. That's how we can build the strongest walls around our hearts. It's getting back down on our knees, getting before God and saying, God, I'm sorry. I've made a mistake. Would you help me? You see, we can try as hard as we like. We can try and do whatever we want. We can try and do it with the best intentions. But without the right heart, without the purity inside of our hearts. If we've not guarded it diligently, there's no value in our actions. The Apostle Paul in a Corinthians puts it this way, if I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but I have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have all faith so as to move the mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. That's fantastic. We can do whatever we want. We can do everything. We could work miracles. But if we have nothing, if we have love, there's nothing there. If our heart isn't right, then there is no value to that. Guard your heart above all else, for everything you do flows from it. The next part of this verse that I wanted to draw your attention to, that I just wanted to pick up on, is towards the, the second half of it. It's what I've been calling the evidence of these blessings. It's the, they shall see God. Remember, it's, the favor of God is upon those with a pure heart, for they will see God. That's the evidence of it. And I want to come back to King David for this case, because how can we see God? How do we know what God's like? Well, as I've said, David was described as a man after God's own heart. Yes, he made mistakes. Yes, he wasn't perfect. But he was a man after God's own heart. I've already alluded to it a little bit. In the ancient Jewish culture, there were two giants of the faith, two people who they looked up to. The first one was Moses. Moses, who led them out of Egypt, the Israelites out of Egypt, and he gave them the law. And he led them to the promised land, although not into it. And the other is David, the, the best king, the true king, the king that was appointed by God, the king who ruled with God. 
David restored the promised land to them. And every time they thought about a true king, David was the one who came to mind. In fact, we talked over Christmas when I was last speaking about the Jewish expectation of a Messiah, the hero who would come and liberate the people. They were expecting David to come back, a man just like David. That's how great he was in their faith, that they aspired for another king, another man just like David to come back. Yes, he's not perfect, but he had God's heart. He saw great things happen because his heart belonged to God. And I believe that's the same for us as well. When we surrender our hearts to God, when we surrender our, our lives to God, it's when we're truly strongest. Dave mentioned it in, in the first session of this series. He, meant, he was talking about blessed are the poor in spirit. And he came to the point where the strongest weapon for a Christian is surrender. The strongest position that we have is when we're on our knees. And I've actually flown through this message today, so I'm actually already going to close, if that's okay. I'm going to close with a story. And this is a true story, okay? So as I'm telling this, you might want to imagine it, you might want to think back. Do we have any Scottish people in the room today? No? Fantastic. That's fine. Not a problem. <laughs> so there was this, this king of Scotland, a famous Scottish king called Robert the Bruce. Now... He fought his whole life to establish the kingdom of Scotland as we know it today. And he vowed to God that once his kingdom was established, he would go and fight in the Crusades. He would go to the Holy Land and defend the Holy City, as it was called at the time. However, soon after he had established his kingdom, he fell tragically ill. And he knew he was never going to be able to make it. And he said... How can I do this? My body won't make it to Jerusalem. I cannot get there. So, on his deathbed, he got his closest friend, the knight who had fought the hardest beside him in the battles, the man he trusted the most, and he tasked him. He said, when I die, take my heart from my body and take it to Jerusalem. Take it to the Holy Land and bury it there so that I can be with my king, he said. And of course... Uh, Sir Douglas, he was called uh, Robert the Bruce's knight. He, he accepted, he agreed, and that's what, exactly what he did. Robert the Bruce died shortly after that, after that time, and his heart was removed, and it was placed in a box, which Sir Douglas wore with a chain around his neck. And he took a, a small Scottish army off to Jerusalem to go and fight for the Crusades, to, to bury Robert's heart in the Holy Land, but as they, were, as they were on the journey, as they were going there, they, became, they got attacked by some, some army that was trying to stop them. And Sir Douglas, seeing that things were going southwards very quickly, that they were losing badly, a lot of Scottish lives were being lost, he lifted up the heart of their king that was around their neck. He held it up so everyone could see it. And at the top of his voice, he shouted, fight for the heart of the king. And he threw it into the deepest of the fighting, where the thickest of the enemy was, that doesn't quite sound right, the thickest of the enemy, no, where the thickest of the fighting was, where the strongest of the enemy were. And the Scottish, seeing that their king's heart was in, at peril, their king's heart was in danger, they fought 
with so much more zeal, so much more righteousness. They pressed on and they, they won the battle. They fought for the heart of the king. And I want to charge you guys today, fight for the heart of the king. Guard your heart most diligently because from it all your actions flow. Blessed are the pure in hearted, pure in heart, for they will see God. Why am I telling you this story? Well, when we are linked in heart, when we are linked in partnership with our hearts, great things happen. We've seen this in history now with Robert the Bruce. We've seen it in the Bible with David. Now, I want you to see it in your life. When we're linked to God's heart, when we're all men and women after God's own heart, where he is our primary concern, where he is the one thing that we are pursuing the most, when we're linked in heart, then we see God. Blessed are those who are guarding their heart, who are pure in heart, for they will see God. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.